night, it was painfully obvious that the Penguins cannot win without Ian Cole. Now, by win, I mean games. A game. The Penguins cannot win a game without Ian Cole. The Penguins are going to lose every game for the rest of the season because they don't have Ian Cole. Forget the Stanley Cup. Without Ian Cole, the Penguins will never... ever win another game. Look at that loss to Boston, 8-4. If Cole was in the lineup, he blocks all eight shots, and he scores a goal, and the Pens win 5-0. It wouldn't matter that the goaltending was suspect, because Cole would have blocked every shot. All 38 shots blocked by Ian Cole. This is the Mark Madden Show. I am a super genius with a tested IQ of 166, and you can't teach that. But a boom, smartest guy in the room. The number to call is 412-333-WXDX, or you can follow me on Twitter, at MarkMadnX. Uh, by the way, iHeartMedia is filing for bankruptcy. So enjoy this show while you can. Uh, the Penguins lost, but on the bright side. Season 2 of Brockmire with Hank Azaria. Begins on April 25 on IFC. I got the trailer for Season 2 posted on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Here's some more good news. Matt Murray was back on the ice today at the Penguins practice facility. Not yet stopping pucks, however. Oh, and the Death Wish remake is in theaters. Bruce Willis. And Dominic Simone is back up. Speaking of Death Wish... It certainly was a bad night. I don't wish he's dead. Before you jump all over that. I wish he hadn't been recalled. Makes me want to be dead. Just like last night, which was certainly a bad night for the Penguins. But it was a bad night back in the second game of the season when the Pens lost 10-1 at Chicago. People were panicking then, but ultimately, the season straightened out. 82 games is a lot of games. Uh, the root of the problem last night was bad puck management first and foremost. That has been the Penguins' biggest problem over the last three games, all losses. And past that, the goaltending sucked. DeSmith absolutely fell apart early, and I hope the notion that he's better than Jari died with that performance. That said, Jari, when called upon to relieve DeSmith, didn't exactly cover himself in glory. Eight goals is a lot of goals. Three goals in the first six minutes is a lot of goals. You don't even have a chance to win when that happens. And at least three of the eight goals the Penguins allowed were bad goals. Hunwick was minus two and Alexiak was minus three and that pair did not play well. Okay, so what's the solution for that? I'd love to hear it. Maybe Ruedel gets a game tomorrow when the Penguins host the Islanders. But it's very likely that Hunwick and Alexiak are the bottom pair in the playoffs. Let's hope they get better. Or perhaps Mike Sullivan will do what Nashville did in the run to last year's Stanley Cup final. And a lot of teams do come to postseason. And that is lean extremely heavily on the top four defensemen.
Oli Mata, last year's scapegoat, scored two goals last night and was somehow plus one. So things can turn around in a hurry. Uh, Broussard was also plus one. The Bruins' power play was three for five. That is solely because Ian Cole is not there. The Penguins' power play was 0 for 4. That has nothing to do with Ian Cole not being there. And I hear people bitching about Ronnie and Kuhnhockel because they were each minus 2. And Ronnie was on the ice for all of Boston's power play goals. But both those guys have their names on the Stanley Cup. Kuhnhockel's name is on it twice. So I'm going to give them a bit more benefit of the doubt than you might. But let me ask this question, and I guarantee your answer to it is stupid. If you take Ronnie and Kuhnhockel out of the lineup, who plays on the Penguins' fourth line? 412-333-9939. The Penguins have a very fickle fan base, probably because most of you only show up when the Penguins are good. And so you're spoiled and entitled. But but occasionally you have oddly placed optimism. Last year, for example, you thought the Penguins could win the Stanley Cup without their number one defenseman, Chris Letang. And by golly, they did. They did win the Stanley Cup without Chris Letang. This year you appear convinced the Penguins can't win the Stanley Cup without Ian Cole, their number five defenseman, and they probably won't, but not because they don't have Cole but because every team is a good bet to not win. If anybody wants to make a prop bet, I'll give you any team you want to win the Stanley Cup, and I'll take the other 30. Now, here's an example of the fair-weather nature of Penn's fans. When they got Broussard, the third straight cup was clinched. When they lost these last three games, that trade became the reason the Pens won't win a third straight cup. It went from feast to famine in a couple of days, and the root cause was the same. Last night was a stink sandwich, but the Penguins are accountable, so everybody's going to take a bite. That was reflected in the postgame comments, especially by Evgeny Malkin, who said, you can't win every game 6-5. I thought Sherry struggled again, but it's unfair to pick him up. I did quite enjoy the fight between Chara and Alexiak. Six foot nine versus six foot seven. It reminded me of Andre the Giant against Big John Stud. Butler's own. Family ran the Dairy Queen right there on Route 8. Uh, Phil Kessel had a goal and assist, but it looks like he's playing hurt. Phil has played in 675 consecutive games, and sometimes a streak like that can be counterproductive when guys play hurt to preserve it and then get hurt worse. Uh, let's hope that isn't the case with Phil Kessel. So it was just a crappy game. What do the Penguins need to fix? I think they just need to ride the storm out, not unlike Ario Speedwagon. Uh, I haven't even mentioned yet the worst thing about last night's game for the Penguins. Wait, I did mention. I jumped ahead of myself. Darn me in writing these things out in very complicated and lengthy fashion. Uh, the worst thing about the loss last night and the loss to New Jersey and the loss at Florida, bad puck management. The shots against in the last three games have been 38, 38, and 30. 
And that's not just because Matt Hunwick can't play defense. It's because of bad puck management and a lot of turnovers at both blue lines. That is the single biggest Penguins problem right now. So if you'd like to call, please do call 412-333-9939. Happy birthday to the best money quarterback in football. He is Ben Roethlisberger, 36 years young today. Good guy and a nailed-on Hall of Fame quarterback. And thanks to the Isleys people, they came by today, Jen and Herb. Uh, thanks and God bless because I now have my very own authentic Isley scoop for skyscraper ice cream cones and authentic Isley's ice cream, including the big flavor from back when, White House Cherry. I am so very, very happy right now. Wow. Isley still exists. Uh, only the three stores, uh, which are independent, but the Isley's company sells ice cream, turkey, chipped ham, Swiss cheese, and, of course, that Isley's barbecue sauce. You can get that all that at Giant Eagle. And they have an Isley's ice cream stand down at PNC Park. I would say it's worth the price of admission, but you got to watch baseball, too. Uh, I'm so happy. Uh, thanks again to Isley's and Jen and Herb. Uh, stuff like that, for me at my age, has a way of uh, really making me feel young. And then I'm going to die. At the bottom of the hour, we talk hockey with Jason Mackey, but I want your reaction to last night's Penguins loss. 412-333-WXDX. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Finishing his checks, causing a constant commotion. Hey, Mr. Madden, how you doing? Sometimes I'm so damn dumb, I wouldn't take a phone call from me. DX at 105.9. Uh, I think it's always important to have a plan B. And here's a plan B uh, for Mike Sullivan. He won't like it. He probably won't use it, but uh, hear me out. Sullivan wants to decide, uh, divide rather. He wants to divide Crosby, Kessel, and Geno among three lines. That is his ground zero, his epicenter of what he wants for his hockey team. Crosby, Kessel, and Geno, each on a different line to create a matchup nightmare for the other coach. The Penguins got Broussard specifically to facilitate that. So you're not going to walk away from that idea just yet. But if Geno cools down, and him being made into a shooter uh, by playing with Hornquist and Haglin stops working, at that point the Penguins should put Geno with Kessel and put Broussard between Hornquist and Haglin. Broussard, Hornquist, and Haglin would be the ultimate checking line, and it would still score, and it would be extremely difficult to play against. That would enable Sullivan to use that line against the opposition's number one line and create a different kind of matchup problem for the opposition altogether. Between Haglin's speed and Hornquist's physicality and chippiness and Broussard's all-around threat, that's a really quality third line. So, that's an option. One Sullivan probably won't ever consider, but it's an option that I would consider. Uh, actually, another plan B, very quickly, is you play a more defensively structured system. I hesitate to use the word trap, but that's the most 
likely execution, you trap and you counterattack. When the Penguins were down three games to one against Washington in the 92 playoffs, Mario suggested that. A 1-4-4 check, which is a trap, and then you counterattack off the turnovers with speed and numbers, which the Penguins could do extremely well. Got to have a plan B. You've got to have a plan B. 412-333-9939. Before I forget... Congratulations to Dana Hines, the Penguins equipment manager. Last night was Dana's 2,000th game in the National Hockey League. He's the best in the business, so uh, congratulations to Dana Hines. Uh, He is the second most famous resident of Johnstown after the dog statue. Now, this is weird. We just had a board full of calls. Now we have no calls. Now we have a bunch of calls that appear to be coming in, but none are being punched up. After an 8-4 loss, I'd like to take calls. Maybe the iHeartMedia bankruptcy is already hitting the show uh, in ways I I didn't see them happening this quickly, and certainly not on such a petty level. At any rate, call, you might get through. Who the frig knows? 412-333-9939 is the number to call. King Richard Bazzi lurking just outside my door with the cowboy hat. It's a frightening sight looking through the small window. I can assure you of that. Uh, hey, here's a big, a big anniversary to talk about. On this day 25 years ago, Mario Lemieux made his comeback from undergoing treatment for cancer. Uh, he actually got a standing ovation in Philadelphia. He got two points that night and then went on the most ungodly tear I've ever seen in my life to catch Pat LaFontaine and win the scoring title despite cancer and despite missing a month. In 20 games after cancer treatment, Lemieux scored 30 goals and had 26 assists. He had a five-goal game, and he had two four-goal games in a row. Uh, The Penguins went 17-2-1 in that stretch. It was like watching Godzilla rampage through Tokyo. He picks up a bus and he throws it back down as he wades through the buildings to the center of town. I mean, poor, poor Pat LaFontaine. He never had a friggin' chance. Let's go to Josh and Green Tree. Josh, you're on with Double M. Yeah, not funny, Josh. Not funny. You're a short ride away. I'll find you and beat the crap out of you. Let's go to Steve in the truck. Steve, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. How's it going? Good. Hey, you hung up on me before about this question, but I'm going to do it again uh, now. Let's go to John in the car. John, you're on the Mark Madden show. Okay, John, are you there? Hey, Mark. Hey, John. Hey, I'm going to ask an obvious question. Who's more important, Cole or Hornquist? Hornquist. Obviously. So if the re-signing of Hornquist wasn't possible unless you traded Cole, you'd make that deal... That trade every well, day. I, if you're going to look for a trickle down within the cap based on a trade or a signing, you can connect everything. The purpose of the ca- cap is that everything has to be connected. But that's that's not a relevant comparison. But I have I have a, a really good authority from the front office. That they no, you don't. Goodbye. <laughs> I mean, come on. Right. 
You, you, John the jerk in the car has really good authority from the front office. F off. Let's go to Kenny in Turtle Creek. Kenny, you're on with Mark. Hi, Mark. How are you? Great. You know, it sort of tees me off. I mean, we won two back-to-back Stanley Cup championships, correct? Yes. And you have people on Twitter and Facebook and other social media after a loss of the regular season of Boston who are ready to jump off the ship. Ship? Give me a freaking break. Oh, I agree. I agree. As I said in my opening monologue, it shows how uninformed and entitled this fan base is. And again, the most the most immediate contrast I could come up with, Kenny, is when they got Broussard, people were already celebrating the third cup. And now that uh, they've had three losses in a row, two since the trade, they're pointing out the trade and the departure of Cole as the reason the Penguins won't win the cup. They, like the same people celebrated, then despaired based on the same thing. The exact same incident. It was a fulcrum for success, and now it has pushed us down the path to doom. Well, let's look back at the last time the Penguins won back back Stanley Cup. No, let's not. Thanks for the call, Kenny. You know, when I go down memory lane, it's good. When you go down memory lane, it's boring, boring, boring. That guy who called where I cut him off, you know what he wanted to talk about? The power play should be longer. It should be like more than a two-minute penalty or the power play should stay in effect if a power play goal gets scored. God, some people in this town have ruined talk radio by indulging the trivial. I just indulge the stupid. Up next, Jason Mackey, 105.9. This is Patrick Hornquist of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 DX. Joining me now from the Post-Gazette, he's brought to you by Window Nation. It's Penguins beatman Jason Mackey. Jason, did anything that happened last night go beyond being just a bad game? Because a lot of people are reading a lot of things into that 8-4 defeat at Boston. No, so, Mark. I mean, it was a really bad game. Uh, I'm not going to stand here and defend it and say it was okay, but I'm not ready to overreact and bench everybody and cut everybody and and whatever. I mean, the only thing I'm looking at is two out of the fat past three games, Alexiak and Hunwick have been bad together. Um, you know, it's just another check in that column. I don't think the fourth line's ever going to score. Uh, if it were me, I would be looking for some options there. I mean, there are just certain things that I'm sort of following that last night didn't really show me evidence that, that they're going to be any different. Well, we'll break those down uh, in the course of this segment. Uh, but some good news first off, Matt Murray was on the ice today. Didn't take shots, but did skate in full equipment. Is there a timetable for his return? Because it certainly can't be quickly enough. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right, Mark. I mean, I think there's a hope of what the Penguins have and generally how they do things here. I mean, you'll see him not take shots, and then I wouldn't be surprised. Well, they don't have a skate tomorrow, but uh, we know he's not going to play. Maybe he goes out in the morning, but I wouldn't be surprised if he takes shots very soon. Um, and then it's just basically seeing how the concussion progresses and add a little each day. But the only tricky thing, I mean, you know what these things, um, you know, you can't really predict how they're going to react. Um, I'll say this, and I said it back when it happened, too, that I didn't think it was terribly major. Now, you're, you're getting into a tricky area with talking about a severity of a concussion, but the fact that Matt's back on the ice now, I think he is close to taking shots. Uh, you know, that it's not all that surprising. Like, within the next week, I think is reasonable 
to, to expect him to play. What went wrong with DeSmith and Jari last night? And were you surprised DeSmith started after giving up a couple soft goals on Tuesday against New Jersey? I wasn't surprised DeSmith started, Mark. I don't know if I'm in the minority there, but um, I didn't think DeSmith was too bad. I understand that the ones you're talking about, but by and large, I thought he was okay. I mean, the, the fact that they lost to Jersey, I'm blaming more on the overall team defense and not necessarily DeSmith. Um, he didn't show me enough that I'd take him out of the net. And I also think there were some matchup concerns with Boston. If you remember the last time Jari played, I think it was five on 19 shots, I want to say. It just didn't fare well. So I think some of that was, was matchup stuff. And um, I think we're seeing something else going on with Sully right now that maybe early in the season, and this, is, this holds true with line combinations, defense pairings, um, where he was kind of, he had kind of a quick trigger finger with what he could, and he's, he's standing by it right now. And it looks kind of weird, I know, because it's been a few games, but I think that went into it. Um, as far as last night with the Smith, I mean, quite honestly, he didn't look comfortable from the outset, and neither did Jari, really. I mean, they just looked like rookies in a loud, crazy building where the other team was playing really well and their team was playing poorly, and they couldn't do enough to, you know, turn the momentum the other way. I don't, I don't think that's something exclusive to them. But, um, you know, they just looked like rookies last night. Now, how big a problem is Hunwick moving forward, uh, that pair with him and Alexiak? Because I hear a lot of blame on that pair and on the fourth line. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is fair, too. Um, I guess I can listen to the argument on the fourth line that, you know, they're not given enough offense or something like that. Okay. You know, but I can kind of defend and say if, as long as they're – not giving up a ton, you have the offense in your top three lines that it shouldn't matter. But there's no reason in the world Carter Rowney should be on the ice for five goals against last night. There just isn't. I mean, you can't give up that much if you're not scoring. Um, but as far as Hunwick, um, I, I do, I'm starting to wonder, Mark, if there's just, you know how some pairs just don't work. You know, you think you put them together and you think everything's fine and, I don't know, I keep waiting for the light bulb to go off with him and Alexiak, and Alexiak was equal parts of the problem last night as well. There just seems to be an uncomfortability there. Maybe it's a communication thing. Maybe it's a feel thing. Um, but I don't think Hunwick is all that bad wet on the left side. It's just you got to find the right partner for him, and I'm just not so sure it's Jamie Alexiak. Well, could it be Chad Ruedel, and do you expect him to get a game in the near future? I think, I mean, I do expect them to get a game, and I think that's the way they'll go. And I think that's the way they should go. It's for no other reason than just Chad Ruedel needs to play. You know, I don't think he's a, a terrible defenseman by any stretch, and they couldn't need him in the playoffs. You can't just sit there and bury him. So I would expect Ruedel to be in. Um, and I would expect that spot specifically because I'd want to get another look at that pairing. I know Sully wants to keep Dumoulin and Latang together, Mata and Schultz, and I understand why, because those guys have been good together, but... Uh, bringing in Ruedo makes a lot of sense tomorrow night. I mean, I feel like you do have to make a change. I'm not sure Sully wants to do that with his forward, and bringing in Ruedo is kind of a safe way of at least addressing that in some way. Is there enough grit on this team now? Is there enough shot blocking? I hear that complaint in Cole's absence, and I get it, but that's not the foundation of this team either. No, it's not, and they shouldn't have to block so many shots. If you're blocking shots, you don't have the puck, and, and to me, that's the problem right now or at least that was the problem last night they don't have the puck enough there there's not as much sustained possession they're not creating turnovers like i don't look at the penguins and think their glaring deficiency is shot blocking right now i, I look at some of the stuff they've done and i think they've been a little careless i think they've been a little sloppy well, I, I agree to, to interrupt Makai. Nothing. i thought the penguins biggest problem last night was puck management i think every other problem 
literally every other problem trickled down from bad puck management. Yes, it does. That's the jumping off point. And if they're managing the puck correctly, they have the offensive firepower to continue, you know, maintain possession of the puck. And you don't need to block a shot in the offensive zone. So, you know, that's that's where I see them. I, the only thing, Mark, I don't know if you'll agree with this or disagree with this, but I thought that the loss of Reeves last night was noticeable. You could see the way Boston played the Penguins, and there was absolutely no fear that anybody was going to do anything to them. And I thought up until, you know, basically last night that, you know, it was kind of lip service that, oh, yeah, sure, he makes everybody safer. I know, I get it. But you're watching this stuff, man, and I don't know if other teams are going to take this approach, but I know that Boston really wasn't scared about anything. Well, last night was a rare chaotic game that the Penguins have faced. And, yeah, I think Reeves' absence uh, uh, is part of that, but I also think it won't happen in the playoffs because that stuff really doesn't in the playoffs. Unless, of course, you play the Flyers and they play like they did in 2012. We're talking to Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette. He's brought to you by Window Nation. Uh, Jason, um, as you wrote today, the Penguins were very accountable after getting rotted last night, and I think that's always been the case. It's a major strength for this team, isn't it, that the Penguins never fooled themselves about what's wrong? No, I agree. And they have a coach that won't allow them to do it either. You know, and credit to the captain and every guy with a letter on his sweater. Um, I can't say I was terribly surprised last night, but I was impressed. It was it was quite a scene last night, Mark, and Hornquist coming in and he's like motioning to Gino and we're all ready to talk to Gino. We're like, what are you, what are you doing? And then we realize like he's trying to say, you know, I'm talking, you don't have to. Like they're literally fighting over who's going to talk. Um, but yeah, they, they're not fooling themselves. And I feel like they pointed to all the different various things. You can go on down the line. You know, Crosby talked a little bit about not having the puck enough. Latang talked about how they're defending and giving up too many odd man rushes. Um, the only thing I'll say is that. Yeah, the actions are going to be a lot greater than the words, so we'll see tomorrow if they're able to sort of put those words into action. What are your initial impressions of Broussard, and do you think there's any buyer's remorse right now on the part of the Penguins? I don't. Um, I've been impressed with Broussard. I, I just feel like that line hasn't found a fit yet, and I'm not sure he's found a fit with Kessel, and I don't think that's any mark against Broussard. I think you, know, you and I have talked about this, Mark. Phil's just a unique guy to play with. You know, It, it just takes a little bit of time, and um, I, I think part of the trade deadline, and I don't think any of these guys will, will ever cop to this, but I wonder if it didn't jar something loose. And, you know, all the, what are we going to do? Then we get Broussard, then we have to act a certain way with Broussard in our lineup. We don't have Cole. We don't have Reeves. Like, it, it was just a bit of a, bit of a rocky stretch. And so I, ha- I feel like we haven't seen everything that Derek Broussard has to bring simply because he hasn't really clicked with his line mates yet. I think he will. Um, I like his skating. I like the looks we've seen so far. I'd like to see more. It seems like he does see the ice very well and see some plays developing. Uh, but it just feels like it's sort of in its infancy right now. Well, I'd like to hear uh, your reaction to my plan B, Makai, which is if Gino cools down at some point, I'd be tempted to put Kessel back with Gino and whoever at left wing and then put Broussard between Haglund and Hornquist because that would be one heck of a third line. Not not a checking line because it could score, but between Broussard and Haglund's forechecking and Hornquist's physicality, that would be an impossible matchup for the other team's first line if that's the way Sullivan chose to go. 
I don't hate it, Mark. My only problem with it is I feel like you get less of Malkin whenever you put him with Phil, and I don't think I'm alone in that. No, no, I, I, think, I think that's true, and that's why this is contingent on Geno cooling off, and, and not just a bad game or two either. Right. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't turn it down. Uh, you think Sully would go for it? I, no, I, I don't because I, don't think like it. I just think he is determined to separate Geno, Sid, and Phil come hell or high water. And I think the Broussard trade was made primarily, I mean, don't you, to facilitate that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's how they want their team. And Which, in a way, I sort of don't understand because I thought Riley Shan was starting to get playing with Phil a little. Yeah, but I don't think he ever would have provided Phil the service that that a center with Phil should. Oh, no, no, absolutely not. Especially not somebody the caliber of Broussard if they click. Um, which I, I think it's important to preach patience here with this stuff. Yes. I mean, I understand your, your line combinations, and I'm not against any of it, but I just think that looking at Broussard and giving him two games and saying, oh, you're not clicking with Phil, we've got to change it. I think it's just a little bit soon. I think we've got to give him, you know, seven, eight, nine more games, something like that, just to get a feel. It's not easy. No, I agree. When I say plan B, I'm talking maybe two, three weeks down the road, or maybe sure, never. Sure. That's why if they call it a plan it's not going B. Right in two, three weeks, I think that's absolutely fair to do that one. Absolutely. Now, now, speaking of Kessel, is he playing hurt? Because it kind of looks oh, yeah. that way. And I wonder if he's not going in there to preserve the consecutive game streak. Yeah, I think they're at kind of an interesting balance here. We were in uh, Boston yesterday and just sort of, you know, joking around about you know, how long is Phil going to skate or whatever. But, I mean, he gets on the ice. He's always the last one on, whatever. And I, I don't say this to bash Phil. He's very good at conserving his energy. But he gets on there and he skates for like seven minutes. You know, he is on and off. And, um, you know, I think it was a little bit more than conserving energy. I think Phil is, is trying to do his best to soldier on, and I think that's admirable. But I think you need to sort of determine the line between um, making sure you play every night and keeping the streak going and hurting your team. And, I, you know, Phil scored, but he hasn't exactly been the same dynamic player uh, that he's been. And he, he's absolutely bothered by something. I don't know if it's wrist, hand, elbow, something, upper body, but he's absolutely playing hurt. Now, I don't know if tomorrow's home game against the Islanders is must-win. I mean, obviously it's not. But it feels like getting a win right now would be a welcome change in that dressing room. Yeah, it feels a little tense. It does feel a little tense, Mark. Being around these guys every day that uh, they would certainly uh, do well from, from getting one. I feel like you can just write off the past three games. If you just snap it right now, yes. you win over the Islanders, and it's not a big thing. But this thing snowballs. You go into Philly next week. It, Makes me a little bit nervous. And the fact is, it's not a must-win game mathematically. I get that. But everybody around them is winning. And if they're going to stay in the top half of the Metro, they, they literally they do need to win. It is important to win. Well, that brings me to the grand finale. Where are the Penguins going to finish? Because the Metro division is so wide open, and, and I don't think it's possible for them to drop out of the playoffs. I do think it's possible for them to drop into a wild card. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually thinking about that last night, Mark. I can see them winning this whole thing, and I can see them finishing fourth. I really could. I don't even know if I have a good enough feel on it. I'm interested to hear where, where you think, but I think when it's all said and done, I guess I see them in, in the one or two spot. Um, but I know the one is kind of hard to argue for right now, the way they're playing and the way some teams around them are playing. Um, I have a tougher time believing they'll be in the three or four. But, you know, I guess part of me just wants to believe that they're going to be fine. I look at them on paper. I look at everybody being healthy, assuming that's the case, Murray coming back. Like, this, these past three games are not who they are. This is not where it's going to be after 82. So, I don't know. If you made me answer and give something direct, I would say one or two. 
If you made me predict right now, I'd say they're going to finish two and play the Flyers in the first round. I, I can I can get down with that. Yeah, and the funny part is, even though because of the rivalry and all the shenanigans that, that too often pervade, I'd be scared to death to play the Flyers. I think they'd kill the Flyers. You think? Yeah. I worry. I worry the top would be blown off that thing because the 2011-2012 Flyers would play them hard. Radko Gudis would, I don't know, try to snap somebody in half. Yeah, but this is a much more mature Penguins team. Uh, True. You know, steeled with the experience having won the last two Cups. I think the Flyers, besides Gudos, don't have guys who can really – carry that torch anymore and they're so bad in goal and so bad in the back yeah i mean if they keep it tame there's no reason the penguin shouldn't blow them out of the building and you're right there's no more heart and all there's you know simmons is going to do what he does but it shouldn't you know it's not going to be heart and a level goonish and I'm, I'm trying to think of other guys on that team but whatever yeah there aren't Hopefully any i mean i mean gerard i mean excuse me Giroux would come out and try to hit sid early like he did in in 2012 <laughs> <laughs> but but I just don't think you can replicate that. No, you probably can't. You're right. You're right. I, I st- this thing has a jersey feel to me, though. I don't know. I, it's tough to explain. I just feel like the collision course they've been on with jersey this season. It's going to end up in the playoffs. So, I have one of those two. Makai, great stuff. We'll see you tomorrow at the rink. All right, Mark. Thanks for having me. That's Jason Mackey brought to you by Window Nation. Get two free windows with every two you buy. Plus, pay 0% for 18 months. Check out windownation.com. I'm Mark Madden, still sated. Sated, I tell you. With the uh, White House cherry ice cream brought by Isley's today. Tell you what, I should be a popular guy in the office because there was like a three-gallon drum that just disappeared when when Bob McLaughlin and I put it out. Uh, The hockey talk keeps going. Want your reaction to last night's 8-4 loss at Boston? We got the king of old school, John Steigerwald, at 416. Why did I say 416? Because that's what it says right here. 416. And not a minute sooner. 10590X. <laughs> Sam Werner, the Post Gazette, just tweeted out uh, a trend that. We hope continues. The Penguins this year, after a multi-goal loss, a loss of two or more, are 10-1-1. Pens at home tomorrow, 5 p.m. puck drop at PPG Paints Arena to play the New York Islanders. Uh, Sean Miller, the Arizona coach, men's basketball, says he didn't offer a recruit 100K. ESPN says he did. ESPN says they were told that by the FBI conducting their own investigation. And ESPN is standing by its reporting. However, Sports Illustrated says ESPN got it wrong and published a sourced story with the conflicting timetable that seems to disprove the ESPN account. Now, for ESPN to insist they're right when ESPN is wrong that would just be so so ESPN Ah. no quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services make the switch at cwelectricalservices.com getting back to the Penguins like I said earlier and like I discussed with Jason Mackey moments ago they are accountable after the game, guys like Crosby and Latang were saying how bad the Pens played 
And Evgeny Malkin said, quote, we need to understand. We can't play the game like this. We need to understand that the game starts in the defensive zone, unquote. And Gino added, we can't expect to win 6-5, 5-4 scores like that. So while you may be pointing fingers, the Penguins are not. And that's why they're champions and you're just a bunch of jamokes. I do think Sullivan should have started Jari last night. Even before last night, Jari's stats were better than Smith's. Jari has a pedigree, second-round pick. DeSmith is an undrafted free agent. After last night, I don't think there should be a competition for the backup job. Jari is clearly the number two, and the minute Murray's able to play, DeSmith should be on his way back to Wilkes. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Dominic Simone got called up today. The lines were the same in practice today, no panic, which is how it should be. The Penguins could use a win tomorrow against the Islanders. I feel strongly about that. Let's go to Mark in Illinois. Mark, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Good afternoon, Mr. Madden. Right. I think that the Penguins are having more of an internal issue here with Ian Cole missing. Um, How do you mean internal issue? Well, they say certain players bring a certain level to the locker room. Have you been in the locker room? I have not, sir. Have you talked to any of the players? I have not, sir. So you're talking out of your ass. Correct? Uh, not really. I played hockey in the day, and I know... Where, well, where, where, oh, now hold it. Where'd you play? Seneca Valley. Wow, you're obviously total dot, totally dialed in to the NHL locker room mentality. Do go on. Go ahead. I, I just believe that certain players bring a certain level to the locker room, and it seems like the Penguins are lacking that. Their defense... Okay, now, now, now you, how do you know they're lacking that? How, how would you have any idea that they're lacking that? Well, it just seems like they don't have the... Oh, it seems like it. Okay, so watching from afar, in Illinois, no less... You've concluded there's something wrong chemistry-wise with the Penguins. Is that right? I believe so, from the way it seems on the ice when they play. Yeah. With your extensive experience having played for Seneca Valley, did you play any college hockey? No, sir. Yeah, I I, I, I thought not. Uh, bro, you don't know what you're talking about, but thank you for calling. It's pro hockey. It's pro sports. Players come and go. Teams change. Locker rooms change all the time. When are you people going to listen to me when I say chemistry and leadership are figments of your imagination. You assign value to them after a team wins. Nobody ever says the bad team had great leadership and great chemistry. No one ever says the good team had bad leadership and bad chemistry. Mark Messier is supposedly the greatest leader in hockey history. The friggin' leadership award is named after him, right? He didn't make the playoffs his last seven years. Did he forget how to lead? I don't think so. Did he get on bad teams his last seven years? Yeah, maybe that's it, huh? And when you take that into account, maybe the leadership was never that important in the first place. I don't know what you guys do at Seneca Valley. What's that? Triple A, double A, single A? The guys who couldn't make Penn's elite, I don't know. Let's go to a Tyler on the turnpike. Tyler, you're on with double F. Yeah, Mark, got a quick question. Um, 
just because of playoffs and how many goals are second and third attempts and trash goals, are you concerned with the last? I'm concerned with you having a cheap cell phone. Hello? Yeah, I'm still here. Well, I, I don't know what you said. Your cell phone faded out at exactly the moment of truth. Call back some other year. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. This is the Mark Madden Show. In just a moment, I am going to talk about why you got it all wrong when it comes to why the Penguins are struggling lately. 105.90X.